Running Sentences presents Pirates, Politics, and Potentially Treasure, Book 2, Part 8. Towards the void they go. Now with everyone on the move, space gets very crowded, and it doesn't take much for disputes to erupt. This story is written and narrated by Michael Honnery. It is a work of fiction. Any names, characters, businesses, events, and situations within this story are products of the author's imagination. Any resemblance to real people, real situations, events, characters, businesses, real and or fictional is purely coincidental. Copyright 2023, Michael Honnery. All rights reserved. Having been cleared of any ailments, Ophelia was then moved to a holding cell, which had little comfort for her. She was still, she still had some of her crew with her, which made for a pleasant time, and for a way to pass the time. But it was getting them nowhere quickly, and that only lasted until some guards had come and gotten her out, moving her to the old pirates' meeting room, where the heads of the pirates, kings, and captains would meet, but this time it was only Coral, who she had met once or twice before, who was in this room. The two were then left alone as Ophelia moved to the center of the room, just out of habit, staring at Coral, who sat on one of the chairs. They trained you like a dog, I see. Habits stick with one until the day you die. What do you want? I can't offer you much, and I'm sure the computer head hasn't offered much either. Yes, about that mechanical, giant, mechanical head. It really hasn't said anything that wasn't a puzzle of an answer. How do you think it would actually help you? What, do you mean out of this situation, or to find the treasure? Mostly I was seeing if it could help us get out of here. Anything else was a bonus to us. Coral, who was seated at the head chair of this round room, with the rest of it very much empty of anyone else, and... All of the chairs except for hers had been removed. To Ophelia, it wasn't a terribly odd sight to say she'd talked to captains here alone before, but it always had those chairs and it felt sort of lived in. But um, knowing the whole group of them had been overthrown by practically a nobody, it was very strange. She was sure that it wasn't entirely accomplished solely by Coral on her own. A quick study of the room did confirm that there was no one else here, though, which was, could potentially work in her favor should she decide to do anything. Right, so no one here is actually useful then, are they, Ophelia? You could try the Black Cage Pirates to see if, if they've returned. Oh no, it's too late for them unless they come back. We're moving on to the best location where the treasure might be. Good for you, then. I don't know why you need me, Coral. Can I and my ship leave? We don't want to be here. There was a moment when Coral rose from her chair, standing up to try and tower over Ophelia. There was definitely something dark about the way she smiled and how it curled around her face. You're the last connection to the pirates who ruled here. I don't think you can leave, not if the pirates who now run this place have a say. Aren't you running things, though? No, no, I am mostly a figurehead for pirates to feel comfortable with things. The real power lies in all of them and their votes. Your fate will be voted upon shortly. As for your crew, well, I suppose they can leave, since we don't really care about them. 
You don't want them to join you? Those useless fools? No. Now take her away, guards. Two robots appeared, and before they could do much of anything, Ophelia had turned and headed for the door. They were quick to follow, to make sure that she did not do anything. Queen Strand sat on her grand bed, which was across from her husband's bed aboard the sprawling tiger. It was a semi-yacht that was really a military ship designed to look like a pleasure craft. In that regard, they'd given up separate rooms to fit in all the defensive and offensive capabilities that it needed. Her husband sat at his desk next to the bed looking over some paperwork. It was a sort of office, although they did actually have real offices, should they want privacy. I've heard that the GCS Bruiser is about to set sail. They've sent everybody aboard. Yes, no doubt Utility has some sort of plan on how to do things. It will fail spectacularly, though, and we will swoop in and fix everything. Like your previous attempts to get through. He looked up from his papers and stared at her, to which she stared back, not giving an inch. It was the truth that she had hidden many of his failures for the betterment of the Empire, and his many expeditions out to this void. Yes, my failures. What point are you trying to make, dear? Why don't you care much about them heading there? He put aside his work and pushed back his chair from the desk and sighed as he crossed his arms, studying her and then thinking a bit. Unless they've discovered the way in, then they're just going to throw themselves at space and hit nothing but terrible space disturbance, which might destroy their ship if they're unlucky. It's unlikely thing, so why worry about it? They may get through, though, and I've heard some rumors that they've found one of the old pirates who put the treasure there. What rumors and stories have you heard? How did you hear them, by the way? Spies and hiring the right people to listen in for us. What we always do. The pirates they have, this old figure, is a Carlos Bart, who I've heard about in old tales my parents told me. There was some curiosity now in her husband's eyes, which is what she wanted. He was always one to like stories, and to have them fed to him on a platter, making them easy to digest. The only problem being that she didn't know much about the things, other than that there were stories, since her parents never really actually told her that much. And you think he will get them past? He might. Why? Now are you interested? The king, while he had been leaning forward during her little tale about how she knew Carlos Bart, during her little story, he now found himself leaning a bit backwards, relaxing. Tried it before with pirates, I mean. What? Old pirates who once hid the treasure? Yes, yes. One, yes. One of our admirals knew an, an old alien who was a pirate, and they were also a pirate at some point themselves. So with them I headed to the spot pointed out. And do you know what happened? Failure? Yes, once again, failure. This time, though, it will be very different, and we managed to actually get a bit further in than we usually did on that time. This group, this led by utility, won't get through. Don't worry about it. We will. How will we? He smiled and held up a piece of paper. 
How about for once you trust your husband that he knows what he is doing? She looked at the piece of paper, folded up in his hand, and then at him doubtfully, but decided not to press the matter. Unless things went terribly wrong, which she plotted for just in case, this would be interesting to watch. Getting up from her bed, she took one last look at her husband to make sure that he knew she didn't exactly trust his words as she walked away. Demon sprinted up and down the hallways of the GCS bruiser, avoiding those figures he knew in search of Keeper. He didn't have much to share with the former pirate, but he wanted to make sure he was appraised of the situation, and that that until lorded over him that he had this information. To have discovered something while this prisoner had sat around doing nothing was amusing to him. How hard had Keeper pushed to keep himself separate, and now he could barely do anything at all. There was, however, a large problem for Demon, since he couldn't find this alien he was looking for anywhere. He loathed to stop any of the sailors to ask them questions, since they would ask questions in return, but at this point, having visited a bunch of places with no luck, he finally came to a stop next to one sailor who was mopping a bit of the floor, and he took a moment to see if they would pay any attention to him, but so far, no luck. Excuse me, good alien. Mayor, what is it? I've got work to do keeping this place clean, which is hard to do with you running around. And before you claim you aren't, I've watched you go up and down this hallway at least a few times. Demon was about to say that wasn't true, but merely nodded along. Best to keep things going. Yes, okay, that was me. Um, sorry, I think. But, uh, I think I'm a bit lost. So if you could help point me in the right direction. As long as, as, long as it gets you off this hallway, where are you looking for? Not where. An alien. Named Keeper. Uh, you wouldn't happen to know where he is, would you? The janitor with the mop in his hand and little cleaning robot falling about where the mop went stopped all he was doing. This was followed by an incredulous what-the-fuck look from them. This included the robot. Why would I know that information? Oh, I don't know. Don't all janitors know the ins and outs of ships to the millionth degree? Isn't that your job to know it all, this layout and everything? No one location, sure. Yeah, not aliens. Why would we know aliens when we sp when they spend forever looking down on us? We ain't nothing to them, and they ain't nothing to us. If you'll excuse me. The janitor took a few steps away, began mopping again, but the demon wasn't about to let this go. No, there was a chance to get information here about Keeper, even if there was a claim that this janitor knew nothing. Listen, I don't believe you. Like I fucking care. Go away. Find some other hallway to halt or something. This is none of my business. Point me towards where one might be taken by a few guards. Why? So I can bother someone else? There was the dubious look from the janitor as he tried to figure out what to do about this, but then just pointed down the hallway. The torture room near the hold. Plenty of weird things go on there. Take the stairs up and you'll find it pretty easy. That's all I can offer. Nodding, Keeper ran past. 
President Utility slowly approached Cordite's group, who were confronting Carlos Bart. He stopped more than a few feet short of getting too close to them, as his eyes were directly on Carlos, who looked undisturbed by all of this. He was even grinning a bit, showing his terribly sharp teeth. What is this? Truth? They said you wouldn't talk to me. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to know, Mr. Carlos. You're of no use to me unless you're willing to talk to Cordite. A filter for information, if you will. He tells me whether or not you're full of shit. I am not a filter for shit. Fine, you are not that, Cordite. Can we get to, to the point at hand? The truth is remaining hidden with this Carlos Bart. I freely admit I'm hiding things. Carlos took a step forward towards the president and was instantly stopped. Two guards came out off of a nearby wall, unseen by any of them, robotic in nature, and instantly were now besides Carlos as they grabbed a hold of him with a tight grip. Then you are useless to me. Truth is appreciated, but we can get through this without you. Take him away, please. The guards began to drag Carlos away, but who was grinning more and more? None of this seemed to bother him one bit, which was a bit disconcerting to Utility. Still, he had enough people to push through a void, so through the void, so one more wasn't going to do all that much. Pity he wasted his time, could have helped out, but he and his former pupil have made their choices. Utility had turned to go back the way he'd come, but came to a stop after a step, when he spotted a figure of Keeper trying to hide. There was a large plant that was very thin-looking, and in a bigger vase than it probably should have been, but it was there. And behind that, which was being used to try and hide Keeper, behind it, but a hiding was apparently not the strong suit of the former president in this, when the plant really didn't offer any protection. What are you doing, Mr. Keeper? Realizing he'd been discovered, Keeper stepped out and gave a short wave of hello. Oh, I was looking for my associate, uh, you know, the one whom my fate is tied to. What is he talking about, Mr. Utility? A deal he made to help me out. His associate refused to help then, which, if his, ref if his associate refused to help, then they would both be deemed useless, uh, Mr. Cordite. Times have changed mostly, though, so I don't think it's entirely necessary to keep up that bargaining. Yeah, we can consider that part, Mr. Keeper. Really, no more need to worry about demon, then. Utility gave a sharp nod of his head, yes, to this. What deal did you cut, Mr. President? President turned and smiled towards Francis in a way that said he didn't need to know that. Why, by the way, Keeper, are you looking for them? Other than to probably try and feed them some sort of information? Uh, well, I thought he'd want to know about his old associate, Mr. President. He already knows about him, and refused to help. Don't worry about it. Now, if that is all settled, we will be underway shortly. Please remain in your cabins until I call for you. 
with a look that told them to scram, the utility wasted no time in marching away. The bridge of the Grogian ship, the sprawling tiger, was quiet, which, for the captain of the ship, was great. His only distractions, though, were the constant commands that came over his communicator from King Valance. Slow down, speed up, watch where you're going, on and on these came, in intervals of five to thirty minutes. And they just kept coming, his crew kept to their jobs, ignoring their ever-annoyed boss, who was now dead set on staring to the front window of the ship, towards nothing in space before him. A crackle of noise came to a life in his ear, which could only mean one thing. I thought I told you to slow down, Captain. You told me to speed up last time, since uh, we didn't want the other boats to suspect anything, sir. Well, you're getting too far ahead now. Keep the boat at a steady pace. Uh, that would be easier if you told me where we are headed. Without directions, I can't keep things steady. There's a spot not far from the void that we all know of. You were on our last trip. A middle space where the, the ship won't get sucked into. Uh, that stuff. You know it in the, it's marked on the map. We've gone through this before, Devos. Uh, yes, and when we went to that spot last time, it nearly got us killed. There was an unsurprising pause at this, and a sucking in of breath from the king. That was only when we moved forward to actually try and enter that space again. This time, though, things will be different. We need to be prepared. For what? Following the other ship as it goes in. Nothing complicated, but we need to disappear so that we can follow them. Is that clear? It was the captain's turn to take a moment to think things through. He didn't like this and wanted to stop it, but there was nothing he could say or do on that front, so he just sort of sat there trying to think of something. If I can make a recommendation then, sir. You can, but I might not listen to it. Let's me direct the ship as is needed. The autopilot function knows how to keep ships within sight and, you know, whatever it needs to do. We need to do our jobs. My job is to make sure we get where we need to go and to order you around. And, and you can continue to do so, but let the ship do its job in hiding away. There's a bit of a growl from the king, but the line of communication finally went dead again. Breathing a sigh of relief, Devos looked over his crew, who were simply still doing their jobs. Be on the lookout for the GCS Bruiser, if you don't mind, crew. We have to follow her when the time comes. The work of the bridge continued despite his words. If they were recognized, not a single creature showed it. Coral felt like the entirety of pirates were against her for no great reason, keeping their stupid secrets to themselves, and worst of all, their old treasure. Why? It was a silly thing to do when it could improve the lives of pirates, yet they were going through all of this to hide it. The only one who ever spoke straight to her happened to be in the hold of the flying squirrel, which, when she thought about it, never amounted to much of a straight answer either. Yet there she found herself staring up towards this computer. You are back. Yes, where's the treasure? 
you take over to get answers you want, yet you still can't get the answers. She sighed, wondering if there was a way to escape the way this conversation was going. Of course, there was the easy way and just walking away. That, however, would not work, since it's got her right where she already was. That may be the case, but we can change it if you tell me where this treasure is hidden. The mechanical body leaned its large head down from the ceiling, so that they were now eye-level with one another. Do you even know who I was? No, I've never heard the name Bardot before. Am I supposed to know so that I can bow down to you for your history or whatever it is? I was the ship that helped the galaxy find itself, forgotten all by all but those who know the answer, who know answers never come to those seeking them. A ship. You're part of a ship. You should be able to answer questions, then, without all of this nonsense of stupidity. The machine drew it as close as it could, the mouth, which had looked frozen solid, creaking open to show the mechanical wires inside. You will never find the treasure. With lightning speed, it withdrew and was back on the ceiling. The prison cells inside of the space station were really had nothing to them. A single cot and a bucket for refuge. Avnophilia was surprised that either was really offered, since and that pirates hadn't really skimped out on that, but she guessed that times were changing as she walked about her cell room. To try and escape, but now. She was talking to herself to pass the time, having had a full conversation before this about whether or not the bars on the, on the cell doors were hard or soft metal, a decision she couldn't quite decide on, even after pressing on them to see if they would bend. Come on, something happened to liven up my day of not doing anything. With a click, the door to the cell opened and swung outward with no one around. She stared at it suspiciously, and then around at the cell. If there was one thing she wasn't about to do, it was simply walk out there like nothing had happened. Hello? It took me a while to get into the system to find you. My apologies. Bardot? Yes, it is me here to help you a bit. The least I can do other than call back the other ship. Ophelia had taken one step towards the door, not entirely believing what was going on. Then came to a stop, looking towards the ceiling, where it sounded like the voice was coming from, or might be from, but she wasn't entirely sold on that. You've been holding everyone here. That's what I'm getting from all of that last statement. I couldn't stay here alone, now could I? I would have broken down. Great, that's going to go well if anyone discovers it. How have you managed to do that, and are the Black Cage Pirates aware of this? She stepped out of the cell rather tentatively now, looking about for any signs of trouble. There were no guards here, though, which she worried about, glancing all around. How were there no guards, and why? They do not know, but will be made aware when the time is right that I've been doing this. 
Oh, great. And any guards around here that you can see or know about? No, they are tending to things in another area of the space station. Why? I triggered a fire alarm. That alone shouldn't be enough to distract guards. But she pressed on, thinking that there would be a fight regardless of what she did now. The hold of the sprawling tiger had not been divided up into sections as had been told to the king and queen. Rather, it was just a large, sprawling space with some cargo mixed in, with more than a few prisoners all locked up in chains that went to the ground and held them there. Vic had found himself forced into these chains, locked down next to one another alien figure a few feet away, despite all his pleas that he'd been good to the guards. It wasn't true, he'd been plotting and been caught, but it was worth the effort in his mind. One of the guards was now patrolling up and down the lines, and, and then came to a stop in front of him. What do you want? You want to be free of these chains because of your connections, right? You've been crying about it. This being shouted out loud to everyone made a mild panic shoot through Vic. He was sure if he was taken away from here now, and then thrown back in later, someone that's smart enough to escape these chains might try something on him first before escaping. I don't know what you mean. I didn't, I didn't say anything. Sure you didn't. Come now. Stand up. Vic looked at the alien with its weird long tentacles, surprised. They expected him. Stand up? Wasn't he chained to the ground to prevent him from going anywhere? They would loosen chains to allow him to eat, but that was it. He was chained. What are you waiting for? Well, for you to loosen these chains, shackling me to the ground, what else would I wait for? Oh, you were never shackled to the ground. We wanted you to think that when we first put you here, but now you are free. And now, all of your friends and enemies will see that. To prove this, the guard reached down, grabbing hold of Vic by the arm and yanking him upward. There was no resistance from any of the chains that had held him down, and in fact, many of them simply fell away from him. The thought of struggling to try and get free was there for a fleeting moment, before he realized that the tentacle grasp on his arm was far too strong, and it was soon joined by another tentacle on his other arm, stopping really much ideas of anything. This is an outrage you are using me! Oh, you've used the Grogian people for whatever reasons you've wanted, and now you're complaining that we're using you? With a growl, Vic shut up. Since he wasn't going to get anywhere with this conversation, and was beginning to get dragged away, but then decided that was a bad idea. Note, political prisoners, that none of this is my fault. It's the king and queen's fault. They're the ones doing this. Talk all you want, these creatures know the truth. You sold them out for your own freedom. You're free of your chains that were put on you. Escorted out easily through this prison. Receiving several glares from those he passed along, 
along with Exilia, Vic now decided that really shutting up was the best option as they left the hold. President Utility strolled onto the bridge of his ship, the GCS Bruiser, and looked out to open space on the front window. It was mostly an automated machine, but there were still a few sailors here, mostly to keep things in check, and the captain of the ship was here as well. You called me from my office. Why, Captain Bomon? Sir, you told me to watch out for your groggy and royal ship. Yes, I did. What is it about them? Following the pointed finger of the captain, Utility could see a screen that he was supposed to look at. It was towards where Bumon was pointing. He wasn't sure, but he went over there to glance at it, and it showed an image of blips on a compass with a hand, sweeping around to show blips that came up. We can see them on our radar. Looking very closely at the screen, Utility decided that one of these blips was probably the groggy one. How have we caught up to them so quickly? We departed a day after them. Neither of us were going to jump to the weird coordinates either, so what is going on? A glance towards the captain showed a fidgeting figure, who frowned as they looked for an answer. I do not have a solution to your question. Which means it makes no sense. So they're up to something, right? Why or how would they be up to something? Maybe they think they can follow us into the void space. Oh, possibly. Or waiting to stab us in the back. Either way. And having let his thoughts trail away, and questioning all he knew, the president began wandering around the bridge. He was mostly headed forward to get a closer look at the windows showing the space before them. Keep us on this road for now. If anything changes with that ship, let someone know who will tell me, or tell me directly. Until then, though, let's keep this between us. Is there a reason to do that, sir? Oh, probably not. Uh, but let's keep it a bit safe, since who knows what anyone is planning aboard this ship or outside of it. With one last look out to space, and to make sure that the captain knew to shut up, Utility nodded to him as he left the bridge. The track to the spot of the void was a rather crowded one, with the plenty of small ships crowding towards the void space that sat there with shimmering blackness and the look of a planet beyond it, but it sort of looked weirdly off. What should have been only a couple of days' trip began stretching out a bit as well, since this area was so crowded. There were also heavily damaged ships slinking away from the area, with more and more joining them as closer they got to this void space. Eventually, their movement ground to a stop, as the bruiser found herself in a long line of ships, trying to run at that space where the bleak blackness that shimmered stood. In the distance, one could just make out where the ships were making a run at, into space, disappearing for moments only to come back a minute later, usually in much worse shape. 
Ophelia had navigated her way through various hallways and found no one. That was disturbing, since the station was always busy with people, yet even here in the back hallways there wasn't anyone. Is anyone out there? The coast is clear. You don't have to worry about them. I worry. Why? I don't trust you or anything right now, Bardard. It was her first and only instinct in this type of situation, especially when she was separated from her crew. That in the head of Bardard wasn't exactly the most forthcoming when it came to answering questions. There was little choice in what she could do at the moment as she moved down the empty steel corridor of the hallway. Every step seemed to echo about the place. You didn't do anything to actually create problems, did you, Bardot? I set off an alarm. Are you sure you didn't trigger an evacuation alarm? No, I did not. I've taken over the station's computer systems, and I know its ins and outs. How did you accomplish that? Did I not tell you that I am a former computer of a major ship to discover this area? In fact, I was the ship. This news it seemed so weird and made little sense to her that she tried to figure out if this computer had ever told her that. It was all too much. And the problem was her mind was having so much stuff thrown at it and trying to process all of that while none of it was getting through since it had all crammed in at the same moment. Right, nice to know, I guess. Why tell me now when this could have helped me out earlier? It wouldn't have helped, and you would have been suspicious of me. She was, truthfully, suspicious of him now and before this, and this now only doubled down on that. Something was going on in her mind that said, What the fuck? The sounds of footsteps, when she wasn't taking steps, came from behind her, forced her to stop and look. There among the shadows, and slightly bloodied, was Carol, with a long saber in her hands. Well, what a surprise. You escaped. No, not really. Bardot let me out and said he took over. Don't rat me out. It isn't ratting you out, it's simply telling the truth. Coral growled and tried to rapidly approach Ophelia, only to falter and trip over her own feet. There was a greenish blood all over her legs as she scrambled back up. That's what happened to my space station then? I honestly can't say one way or another if that is the case. I don't know what's going on with your space station. Bardot might have a better answer for you. I, on the other hand, have been in a prison and am freshly released from that cell. I may have sent a few pirates the wrong message about things and how they were, but I didn't start the riot that occurred. You call what you just said not starting a riot? Now balancing with her sword at the ready, she moved with purposeful steps while glowering at Ophelia, who merely stood there waiting for some sign that she should do something. 
Her mind, though, had slightly short-circuited a bit. Ophelia could hear the orders in her mind to run, but the rest of her wasn't exactly cooperating at the moment. Trying to kill me won't get you very far. It will give me the satisfaction that the last of the pirates associated with this station, which had some leadership, is dead. There was a soft shake of the station, things moving about like it had taken a hit from something. It shook them a bit, but didn't move them too much. Whatever it was hadn't reached the interior too much yet. Both ladies looked up to see if, if Bardot would provide an answer. Oh, it seems the Black Cage pirates have arrived from their latest failure. And they're probably going to go after you and me, aren't they, Bardot? Why would they do that? Well, I did tell them if I led Bardot to freedom that the treasure would be mine, but uh, we didn't get that far having been distracted by this station. They don't care about me, by the way, Ophelia. I think they're only after you. The blade that Carol held made its way to Ophelia's throat. Well, I happen to have a very good hostage then, don't I? The nice lush carpet of the king's office was exactly what Valence needed in this moment. Too many things going on, and now they could barely move in space, thanks to too many ships being in the area. It was stupid, since they should be given the right of way with their insignia and all that. And it was still their territory. The refusal from the treasure hunters and pirates was just another thorn in his side, along with the one who sat across from him being that pain in the ass. Vic also was enjoying the carpet, with a happy, contented look on his face. Stop that. Traitor, don't get to enjoy simple pleasures. Oh, I do too. Even the average Grogian has a right to nice carpet. The king shook his head with this ridiculous former politician. There was much to be said to him, though he was struggling to find a way how to say it. Do you, Mr. King, want me to ask you why you've brought me here? Or were you just hoping that I would give you an excuse that you can use to justify whatever reason it is you've brought me here for? Oh, I know, I already have all of the excuses I could ever need to hang you. My queen and I have decided that isn't needed here, though she would love to make sure it does happen, if you're not careful. Vic's attention had shifted from looking at the rug to study Valance before him. The area was clean and nice, though very sterile, since it was a spaceship. What do you even want? It feels like you're here just to jerk me around and pretend that you have something to say. I despise aliens like you who are all about power and seeking whatever it is you want simply because you have power. To this, the king felt a grin circle his face as he smiled at this comment. Careful. You used to be the one in power and one ordering people around. I can easily throw you back into the hold at the mercy of those you've crossed if you want. Uh, they will see you as the one with the power, by the way. Lies they will see through that in a moment's notice. I suppose they could. Anyway, let us 
Stop fooling around. I'm here to talk to you about your past connection with the Void. Your family worked on it or through it, didn't they? They were workers who helped facilitate trade through this area. They knew nothing about the Void until it showed up, and didn't tell me anything about it anyway. We've been through this. Yes, I just wanted to make sure that was the case. Why? The grin had never left the king's face as he sat back in the chair, enjoying this little tete-a-tete. Well, it seems the pirates are gathering old connections to this area in this void. I wanted to make sure we had the same sort of thing. I was doubling up on my options, so to speak. So I'm here because I'm some sort of connection? Yes, and we wanted to give you a new home where you could establish yourself far away from the Grogian Empire. How lucky for you. All Vic felt like he could do in response to this was stare at King Valance and his supposed offer. The End of Party, Book 2 of Pirates, Politics, and Potentially Treasure Thank you for listening.